Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to uh, the various pink and pages. Nice to see a new countdown, isn't it, Dave? That's uh, yeah, very no, no, it's a bit better than uh, than the black screen and the numbers. So uh, hopefully you you enjoyed that one. Hopefully we haven't offended anyone that we've missed out of that list. But uh, but there you go. Of course, any questions transfer related, then, then do get them in. Me and Dave will be here for about. 15 20 minutes we'll, we'll try and we'll try and keep it under that um but there's there's quite a bit to talk about i think that's fair to say we missed last week didn't we because of the midweek game um dave let's start with uh, oh thank you very much kind words about the countdown jolly good thank you guys uh, <laughs> glad, glad you like that um your new list let's let's start with him work permit all confirmed all done in contention for saturday um good news for for the lad and, and also for norwich yeah um and done with plenty of time to get uh, you know, into training properly ahead of a of a game on Saturday. Uh, of course, we've seen that first interview from him as well, um, talking about you know his Premier League dream and um, you know a, a lot of the sort of comments you'd expect to hear from him. Really, you can see he speaks decent English, but he's he's, he's probably still getting up to speed with that, isn't he? It sounds like it won't uh, certainly won't be any kind of um, uh, prevention from him communicating with his two teammates and things like that on on, uh, on Saturday if he does start and. Um, you have to say it's probably looking like it could be a good game to to go for it. Um, obviously, Daniel will have to assess how he looks in training and how up to speed he is. But he knows Jacob Sorensen is um, a, a reliable option. But we also know, even though Borough are a um, you know a physical and, and difficult prospect, you know you're going to get a tough game against them on Saturday. We know that Daniel, as as ever, likes to be the protagonist, doesn't he? He likes to try and set the the tempo and be the the team who are in control, and 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 they will try and play the attacking football, which has brought them such success. So, you know, does that mean Yanulis can come straight in and and, and fit into Farka's system? We shall see. Do you, do you think there's a, a long term element to whether he starts on Saturday? And we discuss this in a bit more depth on on the Pink and Podcast, which of course you can listen to. But given the fact that. As, as we said there, there's some big games coming up, Swansea and, and whatnot, that maybe Millwall as well, that maybe you wouldn't necessarily want to drop him into straight away. Does a home game against Millsborough maybe offer an opportunity to get him his first taste of championship football ahead of some very big games coming up for Norwich? Definitely, yeah. I mean, because it, also this guy seems like a bit of a coup, doesn't he? It's from, you know, on paper at the moment and from, you know, watching his super cuts and things like that from, from his time with Powell can... You know he's a Greek international. He, he hasn't come here to, to he hasn't come to the championship to sit on the bench. And and the big thing as well is that he's up to speed already, isn't he? He's played three full matches already this month. One of them was a, a draw with Olympiakos about uh, two weeks ago today. Um, so all right, he's maybe been disrupted a little bit by everything that's had to that's gone on. He's flown into the country, so he had to you know go through the quarantine stage, didn't he? But um, elite sportsman. Uh, once they've returned two negative COVID tests, then that basically cuts short their quarantine time, doesn't it? So he's able to get stuck into it now. And and you'd hope that he's one that, that can hit the ground running. The other element, I suppose, would be um, with Middlesbrough uh, being a difficult game, that you could move Sorensen into midfield, as we talked about on the pod quite a bit, didn't we? You could put him alongside Skip. I think it's more likely that he'll play Rupp there because Rupp was playing so well and is much more like McLean is in terms of that attacking energy than, than Sorensen. Um, but then equally, Sorensen was great against Bristol City, wasn't he? And then, like most of them at Barnes, he didn't have the best of games. So um, there is just that little little opening if Daniel wants to take it um, with two difficult games. Um, and as you say, with the long-term view, that the big game coming up really is is that trip to Swansea, isn't it? So, you know, if they get a win that night, then they really will be flying. So if they can get him up and running quickly, 
yeah, you, you would hope that he's going to be a big part of the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some uh, nice quotes from a former coach uh, on him and, and how he converted him from an attacking midfielder into a left back, which will be on the website in the morning, um, which is which is well worth a look. Um, Callum Howard has asked, how does the Greek national team fare in comparison to other smaller nations like Finland or Scotland? Well, I hope there's no Scottish people watching that are going to be offended by uh, you calling them a, a smaller nation. But in, in terms of, of Greece, I mean, they, they were in the... Um, in the Nations League, weren't they? I can't recall off the top of my head who they yeah. had. In the, I think they had Finland in their group, didn't they? Because he spoke yeah, about Yeah, they Finland. did. I, I did a bit yesterday, didn't I? And I, So I had a look at this. Um, they were in the same European Championship qualifying group as um, Finland, which, of course, Finland, Finland finished second behind Italy. So they were better than Greece in that one. So he has played against Puki once. He played in... Uh, a, well, if you remember, um, I think it was a 3-0 home win against Liechtenstein. That's when the Pookie party kicked off, you know, in the nightclubs and everything of of Helsinki. Uh, and Norwich had their party out there, didn't they? Selling shirts and things like that. And then a few days later, they went to Greece, probably with a hangover still, and lost 2-1 and, and Pookie scored. Um, so he's come up against him there. He was also on the bench in those two Nations League games that you mentioned as well. Didn't come on, but Pukki played in those games. So um, he did mention in his, his interview that he, he knew Pukki a bit. And that almost shows, um, you know, he, he spoke highly about the training ground, new facilities. But I suppose new players always do say those sort of things, don't they? But he he picked out Pukki as the player that he, he knew about. So when you think about the fact that they've got an, an international striker with, what is it? 80 caps and 25 something like that goals he's got a little bit of star power isn't it you could if you're Stuart Webber and you're trying to pitch um, this kind of a move to someone and say look we can give you a path to the Premier League we've got Timu Puki players know who you mean don't they yeah exactly particularly from from those nations maybe that are a bit a bit left field as well um so, so his work permit secured. What about the Sebastian uh, Soto and the latest on him? He got recalled from from Telstar. What was it last week? Now, where are No City in terms of getting a work permit for him? Yeah, I think we're still waiting on that, aren't we? Um, last last we heard that, that there's nothing sort of moved on it. So, um, how you you teed it up in our pod as again, didn't you? That he's got the the GBE, which seems to be the more difficult thing. So I'm not sure what the holdup is really with the work permit. But given we're now Wednesday, you would thought if if he's going to be able to train and have any chance of being involved um, just on the bench if he's needed on Saturday, he might not be needed because if Puki and Ida are both training fine this week and and are able for available for selection, then you probably don't need Soto on the bench. And that wasn't the plan initially when he came back, was it? But clearly now that on the toy has gone out. He made his debut for Swindon last night. Started. Um, he he is sort of the the fourth choice, depending on where where Hugel is with his injury, isn't he? So yeah, well, I, I dare say we will get a bit more um, light shed on that by Daniel Farker on Friday at the press conference. Yeah, absolutely. And and just on that, we saw Tyrese Omatoy go out on loan to Swindon, which we'll come back on to. But there were there was a quote in there from their assistant manager, um, Tommy Wright, I think the the, the name was, who said mm. that that move had been completed because Hugo's injury maybe wasn't as bad as Norwich were expecting. So hopefully that's um, that's a positive sign. So that's uh, the latest we have on on Sebastian Scotto. No work permit yet. Uh, the club will announce it in a similar way to, to they did with with Yanulis when that does come through. Um, backup goalkeeper. We know that this is probably the last place that Norwich City are looking to add to this this window. Um, I've seen we've had a question from Rob on Facebook that says keeper search seems to have gone quiet, sticking with Barden as the backup. Um, there's still a desire to get one in, isn't there, before the, the, the transfer deadline day or the deadline closes on, on Monday? Yeah, that's that's how it seems. They seem to have gone cold on the fitness situation of Nealand and 
you know, I don't, I suppose it's not necessarily totally dead in the water. They may change their minds that he's the best option, but I think it's one where they, um, they don't just want to sign someone for the sake of it when they feel they've got a talented goalkeeper who's just stepped up and done quite well. Um, so it needs to be the right guy. We've just seen Rob Elliott sign for Watford, haven't we? Who was one of the guys that you flagged up in um, your sort of uh, potential options piece. What was that a couple of weeks ago now? And he, I think a lot of Norwich fans um, liked the sound of signing him, given that Tim Krul knows him, you know, he's an Ireland international. Again, it would depend on his fitness, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, that's, you know, we're close to deadline now. It's what, 11 o'clock on Monday, the deadline. So that if they're going to do anything, equally Moritz Leitner and Josip Dermich all seems to be quite on that front as well. So we are in sort of the final parts of the window now. And I think they, if they can get the right option, then they'll go for it. But equally, if you think about if there's not a free transfer or, or a doable deal um, this month, and then you start looking towards loans, it needs to be a Premier League loan where um, they've got some experience. There's no point bringing in a kid to compete with Daniel Barden, is there? You've you've already got that. You've got, you could bring back Archie Mayer from Kings Lynn, who I think saved a penalty at the weekend, didn't he? Um, you know, with the importance that they put on the academy, you wouldn't really want to be seeing a, a sort of another Premier League club's um, young talent just coming to Norwich to sort of further his progression and getting in Daniel Barden's way. So that that will be interesting, but it doesn't sound like they're so desperate to go and get someone that they will just sign somebody for the sake of it. No, it does it does sound like they're relaxed. And I think as as you said there, Dan Barden's performances um as as maybe relaxed relaxed them a little bit in terms of just getting one in for for the absolute sake of it. And yeah, like you said, there is uh, probably a suggestion now that maybe they've moved away from free agents and, and started looking at loans, which uh, is going to be very, very difficult to persuade a Premier League club to uh, to let one of their goalkeepers go out on loan, knowing that they're going to be behind Tim Krull. So it just goes to show what an incredibly difficult um, position and, and situation it is to recruit him, particularly with the effects of, of Brexit and the fact that the, the their options have been um, limited somewhat by the, the new restrictions and new regulations that have come in. So as it stands, very quiet, very relaxed. But um, as, as Dave said there, I think they're, they're still looking um, on that. I can see we've had a, a couple more uh, questions on the goalkeeper. So we'll just throw a couple of these at you, Dave. Um, uh, Arlo, is it Jez Arlo I want to say maybe I might be wrong um, Jez if that's not your name I apologise he said afternoon gents what are your thoughts on Christian Walton used to play in goal um, for Wigan is is that a name you're you're aware of Dave I think he was at Brighton as well for a little bit I don't know much about him um, no I'm, I'm afraid not um, you should remember Jez I think Connor you uh, you won in some stickers that's why the name's <laughs> there you see <laughs> in the uh, pink and um Pink and Live 2 just before Christmas. Uh, you beat Paddy in that halftime contest, didn't you? And, and won, won Jez the uh, the stickers and sticker book. Um, yeah, no, I, he's a name I know, but I don't really know anything about him, no. So, again, it's one that you put into um, the sort of uh, sphere of, is he better than Barden? Is he, um, is he really going to add that much more? Um, off the top of my head, I can't say. No, me neither. I, I know that he used to play at Wigan and was at Brighton, I think. Um, but beyond that, I couldn't tell you too much about him. Um, and one from Matt as well on uh, Dermot and Leitner. He simply said, can you see Dermot or Leitner leaving before Monday? So I'll throw that in your direction. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say a great deal for them if they don't, does it? I mean, they surely should be able to get a move. Um, uh, equally, that you know, they both will probably think that they're deserving of a 
and move to a good level. Um, we've seen both of them put their names around with interviews in the last month, so they've put themselves out there. Um, Dermich said that his agent was exploring various interesting projects, I think the quote was, and and when Leitner spoke to the Press Association, it, it was suggesting that he there had been interest from elsewhere in the championship. But uh, then we had that bit in Germany, which said about um, interest in, from the Bundesliga 2 from Austria, who I think he's eligible to play for internationally, technically, through his uh, parents. Um, so, yeah, but um, I, what we'll never know probably is... Um, whether they're both sat on about to make a nice promotion bonus as as Norwich players, um, even though they won't have played, um, we'll probably never get an answer. But I think Stephen Naismith uh, did get a promotion bonus when Norwich went up um, in 2019, didn't he? Despite not even being here, so um, you'd hope that that's not in their in their minds. Just just thinking about it financially, it may well be that they they were both hoping that they could come to sort of an, a mutual a mutual payoff agreement with Norwich so that they were then free agents. It's, um, it's an interesting situation, but as I said a little while ago, we're, we're down to the last few days of the transfer window, still no movement. And I don't, you know, if Dermich really does want to get anywhere near the Switzerland squad for the Euros, then he, he's got to leave, hasn't he? So yeah, um, it, it, the ball seems very much in their court, but maybe Mr. Webber's playing a bit of hardball. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's been no solid links with either of them, have they? Which is which is probably a concern at this stage, as you say. But you never know. Things are, are so fluid and people get desperate, don't they, in the last few days of any window. So mm. we'll have to wait and see um, on that. We've had a, a couple of loan reshuffles. Obviously, Soto coming back. The other one is is Melvin City. He's come back from, from Waslin Beverin, hasn't he? Uh, didn't feature in a single match day squad. What, what do you think Norwich will, will do with him now? Do you think it's keeping him around with the under-23s and trying to get him in a position where he can maybe get a better loan next season? Or do you think they will look to, to send him straight back out? I'd have thought they'll look to get him back out, but it needs to be somewhere that he's playing. I mean, uh, Beveren, it just seems to have never worked out, doesn't it? He got a hamstring in pre injury in pre-season. Um, and then was it a hip problem at some point as well? And he's just never really been in it. And I, I saw a couple of... Um, Beveren fans on Twitter, I don't know whether this is true, but it seems a bit random to make it up, but suggesting that, that, that Sinani and City sort of came as a package deal. It was Norwich looking to get them both out. So uh, perhaps their coach was never particularly keen to have him in, involved. But I mean, he's not even really been on the bench or anything for them, has he? So um, it's a strange one because when he, he was signed last January, wasn't he, from, from Sochaux and sounded like he was really doing pretty well in the French second tier. And... To then go out to, to Belgium and not play at all, I guess, is probably a bit of a um, surprise, really, for him and for Norwich. He made his debut at Luton, didn't he? Came on as a as a sub during for what, the last 10, 15 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, if 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 they can get a loan quickly where he is actually going to go out and play, then great. But as you say, if if not, then he might be benefit more from playing under 23s football, training with the first team and, and sort of getting a bit of time with Daniel Farker because... We do know the defensive midfield is going to be an issue in the summer. You've got Ollie Skip might not come back, and certainly there, there would be a chance that he wouldn't come back straight away. He might not be involved in pre-season and things like that. Tottenham might make Norwich wait for a decision, and that's only going to happen if Norwich get promoted. And, of course, Teddy, we, we're not expecting him to, to sign for another contract, are we, regardless of what happens. So, um, yeah, he, you could see the sense in him sticking around, couldn't you? Yeah, you absolutely could. I think he turns 21 on Valentine's Day as well. So right. it's not like we're talking about an 18-year-old kid either, is yeah. it? It is, it is someone at this stage who, who does need to go and go go and play if there is any sort of future of them uh, in, in the first team. Um, the, the other one, Rocky Bashiri, he's had a, a little bit of a, a shift. He's gone from 
one mid-table club in Belgium to another. He's gone to uh, Upen, which I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he has been on loan with them before. It was it was his loan spell at that club that sort of um, attracted him to Norwich, yeah. so to speak, is where he really impressed. He's gone back there. doesn't seem to have worked out for him at, at Michelin. Yeah, I mean, his Norwich move hasn't really worked out, has he? Because w- when he arrived, a Belgium under-21 international defender, uh, I, th- I don't know off the top of my head, but I think Belgium are the number one team in the world in terms of the rankings, aren't they, at senior level? So, you know, that's quite exciting. And he was playing for the under-21s as well. But then he went out to Blackpool. It didn't. He barely played there. I think he played, made one start in the, in the trophy. Then he went... He's been back in Belgium pretty much ever since, and it's not really been working out for him. But when you look at the lad physically, he's quite a specimen. You know, he's a bit like Famuwa. You know, he's big and strong, and for for a young lad, you he looks like he's ready to to play in men's football. But of course, you've got to have the technique and things like that as well. So without watching him week in week out and things like that, you, you, we can't really make a, a firm judgment. But if he's ever going to become a proper Norwich City player, let alone once Norwich are in the Premier League then he really needs to make a success of his next loan, which, yeah. you know, again, is still Belgian top flight, isn't it? So it's, it's a good level. Yeah, and I think I think the, the club he's gone to now are three points off the Europa League um, sort of okay. playoff places, so to speak. So it's, it's a fairly sort of tight league. I think the indication from the Belgian press was that his performances in the first half of the season um, maybe saw him fall out of favour. He obviously uh, contracted coronavirus as well, yeah. didn't he? And, and had uh, various other sort of issues as well, which which maybe contributed to, to this reshuffle. But um, it's good he's, he's got another... Uh, another move out. Let's speak about Tyrese Omotoy then. Uh, his his low movie actually played for Norwich City last um, last week, and he played for Swindon last night. Made his debut for the club. I think they lost uh, to Plymouth, didn't they? Um, good low move for him at, at this age to go to a League One club, albeit one that that, that is struggling at the moment. Yeah, they lost 2-0 at home to Plymouth last night. and that, So they're, they're, they only got relegated, uh, promoted sorry, last season and they're very much in the relegation mix at the moment. Um, so it, it could end up being one that doesn't work out because that's not an easy situation for for a young player to, to come into. And, and the fact that they chucked him straight in and started him last night, he played over an hour, suggests that they are in bad need of a striker, doesn't it? Um, I did watch the highlights. You can have a look at Pinkin.com. He put up a bit on Instagram um, sort of saying he's got a lot, a lot of lessons to learn and things like that. Um, but he, he had one good chance, sort of, at, I think it was actually in the first minute, according to the report, and good a few touches in the build-up. But then the uh, the ball sort of deflects back into his path in the six-yard box and the keeper's able to smother it before he can flick in. But otherwise, it looks like he didn't really have any chance. So, for Omotoy, it's actually been quite an exciting season for him, hasn't it? I think it was seven goals in 12 games for the under-23s, uh, including that hat-trick at Newport in the trophy, which has really elevated his profile, didn't it? Um, he signed his new contract just before Christmas. And then Saturday, he gets his his biggest chunk of minutes yet for Norwich in the FA Cup. And looked, um, I think, physically, he looks like he's close to being ready for men's football, big and strong and, and quick. Um, he didn't get the ball anywhere near as much as he as he should have done, really, because he made a, a few good runs, which went unused. There was a, a couple of naive moments as well. He conceded one foul that he really shouldn't have done. And, um, yeah, so this is going to get his career really up and running. And if um, if Norwich do get promoted, then if he can score some goals, and at the very least he can hopefully get a loan at sort of top end of League One or, or maybe even in the Championship, because um, he's only 18, isn't he? Um, then from there... You have to see what happens with Norwich because, as we've spoken about so many times, as you know, we always go back to Tom Adiemi and and Corey Smith, don't we? That 
as the club gets promoted, it quite often isn't good for young players because it's difficult for them to keep pace, isn't it? But equally, we've seen how committed the club are and Daniel Farker is to to developing young players. Yeah, and what it, what it does is raise the standards in the academy. Suddenly you have to yeah. create Premier League players and not championship players, which is um, an incredibly difficult one to make. We've got a few questions which um, which I think we'll end with and then we'll touch upon um, the link to the Luton lad and uh, Arsenal's new signing today. Uh, we'll start with Liam Winnell on Facebook. He says, you think Dan Adshead could be in the mix for a first-team place next year? It's interesting. We saw Todd Campwell go to the, the Dutch second tier with Fortuna Sittard and then come back and be in the first team mix. Dan Adshead was in uh, a team of the week a, a week or so ago and uh, with a really good assist as well. Is he someone that, that you think Daniel Farker might be looking at next year? Um. Probably not in the Premier League. Again, a young guy, but he's an England under-20 international as well, isn't he? So he's got a decent bit of profile and uh, logged a decent bit of senior experience with Rochdale before he joined Norwich. So um, that I'd probably put that in a similar category of um, it should help him to get an, an even better loan next year, maybe Championship or top end of League One or, you know, it's Dutch second tier, isn't it? So if he was playing in, in, a, in a top flight of Holland or Belgium or something, you, you'd maybe put a bit more to it. But he seems to be doing well. They seem to like him. He starts all the time in central midfield. So uh, I, I, unless Norwich don't go up, I, I, I'd be surprised to see him in the first team mix. But again, he, he's a young lad with a, a long contract and, um, he was on the bench as well, wasn't he, in the Premier League on the final day of last season, I think. Yeah. Remember that rightly, wasn't it, Man City? But he didn't come on. Um, so, yeah, he's one that they like and has, has done quite a lot at a young age as well. But um, unfortunately, with well, it's throughout football. It's not just Norwich, isn't it? But academy development is so competitive and realistically, only a few of them get through. They don't all get through and there's always a high turnover. So, you know, if he doesn't get here at Norwich, then he might end up being a saleable asset for the club if they become established in the Premier League. So just because he doesn't make the first team for Norwich doesn't necessarily mean he's it's not worked out for the club. But um, I think it, by the sounds of it, he'll be pleased with the way things are going this season. Yeah, we, we spoke to him earlier on this season. There's a nice chat on our, our YouTube page. Of course, you can find the article as well if if you uh, if you search it um he, he spoke about that manchester city experience he's a manchester city fan grew up uh, a stone's throw away from yeah. the etihad and then was was on the bench with um sort of looking across to, to kevin de bruyne and whatnot so that was that was some experience for him um andres yonko's the manager of telstar as well said to me that he's regarded very highly by norwich so um, i'll ship in there and um that just reminded me but because that was the day that that was david silver's final um game wasn't it and um uh, there was all the fuss around it and that for whatever reason i was it was only me that went to that game wasn't it and um the press box was well socially distanced of course but it, all the spaces were taken but all the nationals were there because all they cared about was david silver and they they were all gutted when he came off and hadn't scored given that man city were just thrashing norwich basically um but he came off and then he sat right in front of me where i was in the press box because the subs were sort of um uh, across the the stand right in front of us and uh there was a moment when it's like i'm here covering norwich five nil down uh 10th successive league loss being relegated in the premier league it would be quite easy to feel sorry for yourself and then you know premier league legend comes and sits sort of 
10 feet in front of you or whatever and you think oh well it's not that bad <laughs> yeah well that's that's exactly it yeah and I, I bet the the player I can't think of some but I bet the player who came on for him was uh, was was some talent as well um, I, yeah. I, I can imagine um, a, a couple more Cesarlo as well should Norwich give Mario Vrancic a, a new contract so from a, an inexperienced midfielder to to an experienced one six months left of his deal he's now technically free to um, speak to clubs from abroad about mm. a, a potential pre-contract should he wish what do you, what do you feel about Mario Vrancic and a, and a new contract? It, it, it will come down to the amount of football he feels he's he's going to get should Norwich get promoted. I would imagine. Yeah, honestly, I I, I probably don't see Mario staying. Um, maybe if they didn't go up, but you know he's he had a good four seasons here, and hopefully he's still got a good, a good part to play in this season. I, as I said in our pod a few times, I think he's actually going under the radar a little bit at the moment and playing quite well. Um, in that number 10 role and, and knitting things together nicely. I think he played a big part in bringing Hugel into into things a bit, a bit more because he's such an intelligent player and he's so well-liked by Norwich, isn't he? But I think we saw when he was fit in the Premier League that the pace of it didn't quite fit with him, did it? So the the, the link was Armenia Bielefeld, wasn't it? After they got promoted to the Bundesliga, that they wanted to take him back over to Germany. Um, and he did an interview not too long ago as well, didn't he, where he said that clubs have already been contacting him. Um, so he's one where you might put Marco Stiefman in there as well in terms of if they do go up, that maybe that's the end of the road because Stuart Webber has always said that, hasn't he, that there will be times as a club who are always striving for the Premier League when you have to say a few goodbyes that maybe you don't you don't necessarily want to. and. Um, as much as Norwich fans would probably quite happily keep Mario around, whatever happens, whether it's Premier League or Championship, um, I think he he will probably be of that age where he's thinking about his last big contract in terms of financial terms and uh, of wanting to be a, a sort of a central part and a focal part, point of a, of a team, which, you know, he, he's emerged as again this year and he's forced his way back in almost, hasn't he, after Daniel Farker kind of said a, a couple of things about being unsure about whether he was still a central midfielder and um, not being too sure where he fits into the team and things like that. But then he came back in with those free kicks, didn't he, at the, early in the season and has re-emerged. But if Kieran Dowell hadn't have got his injury, he may well have spent a bit more time on, on the fringes. So as things stand, we'll see. He might have a brilliant second half of the season and we'll all be clamouring for him to, to sign a new deal. But as we sit here today... I, I'm not expecting Vrancic to be here next season, I, I, but that's just an opinion. No, I, th- I think it will it will be interesting to see if uh, Kieran Dow does step up and, and maybe overtake him a little bit in, in the second half of the season because that may well hinge on where he does. But I think he's at that age now, isn't he, where he needs um, to be guaranteed first-team yeah. football. And like you said, the, the contract will, will be a part of it as well. Um, a, a couple more, and then we've had some questions that we've we've had, which I think Tony's replying to and pointing out time marks for. Um, so you can go back and watch those. And of course, you can watch this back um, if you've joined us late or have joined us halfway through um, on, on our YouTube page as well um, and uh, our website and Facebook and various places. It'll be it'll be there for you to find. Um, we've had a comment on YouTube, H not Barry, which is a, a very good username. He said, love the new countdown. Thank you very much. Uh, I was thinking about next season. Can can you see Adam Eder going out on loan? Hasn't had a full men's season yet. It's a, it's an interesting one. What, what do you think, Dave? Can, can you see Adam Eder maybe getting a, a, a championship loan, I guess, if Norwich were to get back to the Premier League? Mm, that's interesting. Um, probably not. But I, I think we'll have to judge that to, at the end of the season, won't we? Because you know he's had quite, quite an odd one, hasn't he, in terms of 
all of a sudden his Republic of Ireland under 21 manager gets promoted and, and chucks him right in at the deep end of international football, doesn't he? You know, he was starting against England at Wembley as the lone striker, having made what 20 appearances for Norwich or something. So I'm not sure that was actually that beneficial for him because he then got a bit of flat from Ireland fans, didn't he? Sort of saying, well, he doesn't look ready, which is no surprise really. Um, but he signed his new contract just before Christmas as well. We know how highly they think of him, how much Daniel Farker likes him. And, and before that, really petulant red card against Wickham, which was a big mistake really on his part. But, you know, it's all part of learning those lessons, isn't it? Um, I think he was probably ahead of Hugel in the pecking order, wasn't he? Because he's closer to a Pookie in, in terms of a, of a replacement from the bench rather than a sort of plan B option. So, and, and we'd seen him playing on the wings as well a, a fair bit and, and doing all right. And, he, you know, he's got the skill, he's got the pace, he's got the power. So he is going to be really interesting because he's had a frustrating little time of it now. You know, that, that weird injury where he's come back from Ireland um, with sort of foot and knee injuries. Um, he also had that coronavirus incident with Ireland, didn't he, where he had to fly home from their, if I'm remembering it correctly, their Euro 2020 playoff final, didn't he? And then didn't play in it. But it turned out to be a false positive. <laughs> And then he has a, a, the, just recently had COVID and had to self-isolate for 10 days. So it must have been a frustrating time for him. But I'm sure he's going to come back really fired up. His battery's fully charged and, and ready to kick on and, and sort of fulfil the, the glimpses of potential that we've seen from him. Because it, it is quite exciting. We saw a lot of him in the youth ranks from, from just how good he is in front of goal and how he's got that sort of killer instinct. I think Daniel Farkas actually said that in a quote before, hasn't he, that he's got that killer instinct. So... It's going to be really interesting what happens to him. But in an ideal scenario, I think for his development, he chips in now and, and really competes with Pookie with some goals and helps fire Norwich to promotion. And then it is a mix in, in the Premier League next year. And, and definitely, if Norwich don't go up, I, I think there's probably a good chance Adam is in contention to be the first choice striker next year, isn't it? So let's let's we've got to be careful to not assume things, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And he's had a frustrating year. I think Norwich may be a, a bit frustrated with uh, kind of what you mapped out there as well, because uh, I think there was the feeling that he was on the cusp of really breaking yeah. through and really proving his worth, which uh, I think he, he probably was. Um, just a couple more things to mention. Pelly Ruddock and Panzu. We spoke about that link, I think, on a, on a Friday show a couple of weeks ago. Um, essentially one that we've said he's probably on a list somewhere should they um, not get promoted. There you go. There's a, a question we've we've had about it. But um, I think there were some comments from Nathan Jones fairly recently about uh, Luton trying to pin him down to a new deal and always a bit sceptical when those links appear and they're the top two in the Championship. And then just finally, Martin Udegaard has um, completed his move to Arsenal today, loan move. Um, so that should quiet quiet uh, the the noise down around Emi Buendia and a, a move to Arsenal this window. Although I already see, though, some reports are getting ahead of themselves and talking about the summer. We'll, we'll deal with that when we get to it. But um looks fairly likely now that Emi Buendia will be a Norwich player this time next week. Um, Dave, I'll ask you this final question from Yellow's NCFC on YouTube. Uh, he's just said, any news on any other incomings? Would think things will get busier as deadline day draws near. I'm going to flip that around because we kind of discussed that at the start of the show. Um, from now to deadline day, what do you see Norwich doing both inward and, and outward? Can you see much happening? I think I'm, I'm probably expecting a fairly quiet end to the window, if I'm honest. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything too hectic. I mean, as we said earlier, the backup keeper is the one who, sort of more likely option, isn't it? Um, Daniel did say that they'd stay uh, awake to the possibility of another centre-back option, but 
Um, he also seems pretty happy that Sorensen is now that option, isn't he? And that Tessie can play there. Um, and Omar Bamadeli is, is the sort of chief academy option who's come into it as well. So um, that was the um, advantage of getting in your new list. Uh, and of, of course, Kintir is fit as well. We can't forget about Kintir. He, he may end up, um, you know, finding this situation brings the best out of him. And, and he manages to impress and get ahead of your new list. Who knows? Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, Dermot and Lyon will, will, of course, still be watching out for any any news on those. I'm sure all Norwich fans will want to see that sorted one way or the other. Um, but otherwise, I just think it's probably going to be little loan tweaks here and there, isn't it? You know, like you mentioned Melvin City earlier, will they get him back out? Um, players players along those lines, whether they can get players out on loan to a, to a different uh, to a better level. Um, but no, I, I can't see a sort of a hectic deadline day because that's not how Stuart Webber does business anyway. He almost takes takes pride in, in doing as little as possible on deadline day, doesn't he? Sort of joked to us before about liking to have his feet up on his desk and watching Sky Sports News and, and enjoying everyone else's chaos while, uh, while Norwich has settled down. But we, we also, I know, I know fans, some fans get excited by transfers and by Sky Sports News putting on the yellow ties and the big uh, the big um, montages over everything about how exciting it is. But Norwich already have a huge squad, in uh, certainly in championship terms, and, and the vast majority of championship managers are jealous of what Daniel Farker has available to him. And given the huge injury crisis that we've seen on more than one occasion this season, and Norwich managed to ride out the storm, um, I think you've got to bear that in mind. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that uh, just about um, finishes us off, I, uh, I think, this week. No more questions. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all good. Dave, thank you very much for, for joining me. Pinkin.com, the, the place to go for all of the updates. As uh, as Dave said, there, I think we, we're probably expecting a, possibly a backup keeper, um, but probably not too much on, on the transfer front. We'll try and bring you another one of these before the window closes, maybe one on, on deadline day. Who knows? That would uh, that would be a, a decent idea at, at some point um, or in Unless anything else happens in the meantime, we shall see uh, transfer windows can be very fluid and, and strange things. Thank you very much for watching. Make sure you uh, you stay safe. And as I said, if you join us halfway through, you can watch this back on our YouTube page as well. Thank you very much. See you soon.